Welcome to Where Will You Go, the FBC Tullahoma Missions podcast, where we ask our members and our listeners the simple question, where will you go as we seek to advance the gospel message of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God from here to the least reached peoples on planet Earth today? In the pod, we have our very own Nathan Dorrell with us. He's going to talk to us about what he is doing, what his family's doing in ministry. We hope you will stick around. Well, Nathan, welcome to the pod. Thanks. Good to be here. I I wouldn't want to assume that everybody knows who you are and what you do. So, give us just a synopsis of who you are, a little bit about your family, a little bit about, a little bit about what you do. All right. Well, first off, I am husband to Kathy and dad to Graham, Abigail, Joy, Esther, Isaac, and Joseph. And uh, if I sounded like I was slowing down a little, it wasn't because I don't love them and know them. It's because the record lights on over there, and you know how that <laughs> makes me feel. So, but yes, I'm a. I'm following Jesus with my family, and that's the main thing. I think that's the main thing that God's called us to do, and so I'm trying to lead my family by example by following Jesus and bringing them along with me together. And I'm a full-time evangelist. My family comes with me as we do that. We are at a stage in life where some of my kids are getting older, and they're not all coming with us all the time, but uh, our goal is just to do it as God grows us and that's just part of the phase we're in right now so graham and abigail are both graduated abigail actually finished her high school last night as we were driving home from florida from a family vacation so she is officially graduated too from high school and so we have two kids that are out working now and not always coming with us but what we do is we travel around and and as an evangelist we go to churches all over i would say the majority of our work is within Six or seven hours of here, and so I'd call that the local area, six or seven hours, and we go out and share the gospel with the churches, and our, our goal is to help churches share the gospel in a way that people can really understand the gospel and see it and experience it in their lives, and so that's what we do as we go. Part of that is the talents that God's given and using those as a family together, so that's why as a family we practice our juggling together, and we work on it until we can use it to share the gospel, and, and uh, then we go to the churches and juggle while we share the gospel and walk on stilts and ride unicycles. And that's, that's the main thing that we do. And there's a lot of other things with that. I do go and preach at churches too, and do stuff like that as an evangelist, but most people call us to come juggle and share the gospel. So that's, that's our main thing. And then I'm also the BCM director at the Motlow State Community College here in Tullahoma. Now juggling. That's, that's a unique, that's a unique brand in a lot of ways. You don't see uh, juggling evangelist every day. So something had to get you started along that line. Like what was it that sparked that interest and opened that door to say, hey, I can use this as a ministry tool? So when I was in college, I was a part of the Baptist Student Ministries, and I actually got saved at the Motlow State Community College as a part of that ministry. And so after I got saved, I really felt God calling me into missions and I went to the director of the BSU at the time. It wasn't BCM, now it's BCM. And I said, you know, I really feel like God's calling me to do something, to go and do something. And so he said, I think you need to sign up for summer missions. And so I told him, I don't know how to do that. He said, don't worry, you'll always have a partner when you go out on summer missions. You'll have a partner. They'll know what you don't know. You'll know what they don't know, and it all works out. 
So I signed up, and they appointed me to go to Knoxville, Tennessee, and I didn't get a partner. He lied to you, right? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't know he did, but he uh, he let me think that I would have a partner, but they didn't have uh, enough people, and that church just needed one person to help them. So, um, and I went to that place, and and I started trying to learn how to serve the Lord, and I, I had just been saved, uh, you know, seven months before this, and so... I was like trying to learn how to do ministry at the same time as, you know, growing as a Christian, but knowing God was sending me and stuff. And so I really couldn't get the kids to listen to the Bible stories the first week or two. I was trying and I was pulling knives away from them and breaking up fights the whole time and never getting the gospel through to them. So I was praying in my room one night and just asking God saying, I can't even get their attention to share the gospel with them, Lord. I I want them to know you. And you're going to have to do something to make it happen. And so as I was praying, after I was praying, I quit and I tried to listen because I was told you're supposed to listen to God too, not just talk to him. And so I was trying and I was, while I was sitting there trying to listen, I was staring at a can of tennis balls and it was just in the room that I was staying at that summer. And I was like, oh yeah, I did learn how to do that, God. I, I barely knew how to juggle at the time. I'd learned in sixth grade and then just you know, not done anything with it much. I'd done a little bit of stuff, but not a whole lot. And so I took that can of tennis balls and said, yeah, but what can I do with it? How can I share the gospel with these three balls, you know? And so um, it kind of, God kind of just had me practice a little bit. And I didn't know very many tricks at the time or anything. So I decided I would tell a story about the talents in the Bible and use it with the talent that God had given me. And so I did that the next day and I just said, I'm not going to try to break up any fights first. I'm just going to stand up and I'm going to juggle and I'm just going to let God do it because <laughs> I can't, I found I couldn't get their attention. And so I started juggling and they all turned around, stopped fighting and listened to the story and heard the gospel and answered questions afterwards. And I was like, the next day I was, and that was only uh, 10 minutes <laughs> or less. And I was like, that's what I have to do tomorrow. So the rest of the time it was chaos again. But the next, that night I went home, learned another trick, tried to learn some other way to share the gospel with it, and then said, you know what, I'm going to do this tomorrow, every day. <laughs> and so I just kept on doing it the whole summer. And by the end of the summer, I'd gone from barely being able to juggle cause to the point where I could juggle six balls. And I was, you know, had, had to come up with a new way to share mm-hmm. the gospel each day. So <laughs> I was like coming up with different things that God gave me. It wasn't me, but it was him teaching me as I went. And so that's how it started. And I just, uh, ever since then, uh, have realized that that was a thing God gave me to use for his kingdom. And so I kept on using it and kept on learning and training my kids now to do it. <laughs> so you're, you know, just for clarification, you, you're mentioning taking knives from kids and breaking up fights. These aren't normal little church kids. <laughs> right. Yeah, this was an inner city church, and I was actually taking away IV needles too, what I found oh. on, on the uh, playground that we had at mm. the church. And it was uh, Fifth Avenue Baptist Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. So they had... A church that would seat about uh, 1,700 people, and there were 10 members left. It hadn't really uh, acclimated to the community as the community changed, and so they had 10 people that wanted to hold on to the church and keep it the way that it was, and it had a community that wasn't the way it was, and so it was an inner-city church that needed a lot of help, and so that's why they needed a summer missionary that summer, and, uh, you know, I I'd had a group of kids that was 50 kids that didn't look like the church, <laughs> and... We did it all week long. Man, I wish we had somebody that knew what they were talking about to come in and just, we could just talk about that topic of how communities change and churches basically die 
in those communities because we haven't figured out how to break right. the mold right. in a sense and be and, and preach a gospel and have a ministry that crosses those cultural barriers. I don't have those answers. I wish we could right. have an expert in who could give them to us because that's a great need in our day and in our age. But God used that opportunity to kind of get this ball no yeah. pun intended. Up in rolling the air. In your, yeah, yeah, up in the air. Yeah. Up, rolling in your mind. So how has God used this locally and even internationally? How has God used juggling specifically? Yeah. So the juggling stuff, uh, as we have developed it with our family together more and more, we've learned to share more and more gospel presentations and stuff like that. But I, I kind of look at it as um, kind of the, the bag that you hold the treasure in. You know, it's not really important, but it helps you bring the treasure mm-hmm. out. And so when I look at the story of the talents and stuff, there's, the bag's not even mentioned. But when you have that much treasure, you're going to need some bags to carry that much. And so I think as a church, sometimes we can just hang the bag out in front of people instead of the treasure. and we mm-hmm. Or we can throw the bag down and say, look, we did VBS. That's what we were supposed to do. There it is. I did it. And instead of the sharing the real treasure. And so our goal and, and what we do as we go about is share the real treasure and to make sure that we're not just – doing a performance because that's not what we're here for and uh, n- no church really wants us to come do a performance actually some of them probably do actually but <laughs> that's not what we want to go do mm-hmm. and so um, as we go around locally we, we're trying to help churches see the kingdom of God growing and so uh, just over the past couple months we've gotten to start doing that again because COVID has kept us from doing it for a while and so we've been so blessed to be able to do it again and to just take a big sigh of relief and say thank you Jesus because we're getting to share again and we're getting to see people saved again we're getting to see people joining churches again and so our our goal is to help churches in the local areas uh, to grow their church and to see God grow his kingdom it's all about him not about us I mean we're not there to juggle and say look how good we are we just want people to know Jesus and to lift his name up so that's what we're aiming for <laughs> and you've been able in the past to do this in other cultures and other contexts yes, as well. Yes, yes. And part of our family's goal and our mission, I mean, we've we've always kind of had a goal to go on a mission trip every year as a family. That's just instead of trying to save a lot of money for a new car or uh, trying to save a lot of money to go on a big family trip, uh, we've said let's make all that be towards a mission trip and we'll do one mission trip every year. We didn't get to do it last year because of COVID, but uh, and we're looking at, um, Poland next year because they asked us as we were trying to plan our next trip let's aim for May because they're they said they're still not ready for us but we're got that goal and and you know it is a lot different in different cultures but being able to take the juggling to the other cultures too has opened doors that wouldn't open for the missionaries that were mm-hmm. there I know we helped um, we went on the ground with one of our church missionaries in the in Southeast Asia and God opened a door. They had never been able to walk into the place where their people group they were targeting that had no Christians had lived because it was a Muslim mm-hmm. Muslim area and so no Christians had ever entered in. And but when they offered a juggling show for the kids in the school, um, to try to help the kids stay off drugs, they let us in. Mm-hmm. And so we walked in and got to start some relationships and stuff like that. So things like that happen and, and we wanna be sharing the gospel in that place you know, we we had to be very careful and right. stuff. But in other countries, like we were in the Philippines right before COVID hit, we were actually there before they had the first case in the Philippines. But we heard as soon as we got home, they had a 
had COVID in the Philippines, but uh, we got to the Philippines in January last year, and we got to share for almost two weeks there and and share the gospel. It was a very open country. We had to share the gospel in every school we went Mm -hmm. to and uh, invite kids to Christ as we went to those schools. And so it's a tool that helps other missionaries, too, to get into school systems and be able to go out and share the gospel, and we've done that in quite a few countries. and, And like I said, we try to go every year, and we've made that our goal to follow Jesus that way. Okay. Want to remind you in August, our book of the month, Strangers Next Door, Immigration, Migration, and Mission by J.D. Payne. We are seeing more and more immigrants, migrants, refugees coming to our doorsteps, living in our neighborhoods, living in our communities, living in our cities across North America. How should the church respond to that? How should we as Christians respond to that when people from unreached people groups come to us? We have an opportunity to share the gospel. We have an opportunity to point them to Christ. We have an opportunity to disciple them freely. And J.D. Payne provides practical guidelines for developing cross-cultural ministries and a global strategy for mission in his book, Strangers Next Door, Immigration, Migration, and Mission. I'd encourage you to pick up a copy of that book and read it, our August book of the month. Today we have in the pod Nathan Dorrell. He's talking to us about their evangelistic ministry, juggling, and how that got started and how God's used that locally and internationally. But you don't just juggle. You also mentioned that you are the BCM director out at Motlow Community College. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do out there? Yep. Well, we're there to encourage and to enjoy fellowship time with college kids and try to get college kids uh, just together doing Bible study and and hanging out, fellowshipping together as Christians, and to uh, bring people to Jesus, too. I mean, we're there to try to win the Motlow campus, and it is a difficult campus to reach because, you know, a community college, people just kind of drive in and then they drive out, and a lot of the uh, college students never stay longer than their classes that they have to be there. I mean, they're just like, drive onto campus and drive out. So, I mean, I really need to get the college kids that do come and want to be engaged in ministry to try to reach those people while they're in class together, to try to talk to them as they're walking to the parking lot, to try to do the ministry that God's called us to do there and stuff like that. And so I'm really there to try to disciple the college kids. And I look at it as the BCM is not a church, but it's like the diving board that's attached to the church. And we try to help college kids dive in deep into their relationship with God. And I mean, the church is, the Motlow BCM is sponsored by the Duck River Baptist Association, New Duck River Baptist Association, and the William Carey Baptist Association. So we've got three areas, and all those areas have lots of kids that come to Motlow. And so we're really a part of every church in all three of those associations because, I mean, that's where the ministry is coming from. That's where the funds come from, the ministry. And and we have a lot of opportunities. And, and one of the things is that, I, and I'd like people to pray for this too, is that we're having... Uh, the opportunity to get college kids engaged in missions overseas. And we really have the opportunity this coming year in a new way because there's some new things happening. And so we have two positions that we really want to fill this year uh, overseas and probably will be in Europe. There are other places, but Europe has the majority of those new opportunities. And so uh, pray for us on that because I would like to send two Motlow students that we Uh, have overseas. I'd like to see them reaching people for Jesus, and I'd like to see that. One of the things I have noticed with the college kids is that there are some that the churches have really 
done a great job of building up and their families have done a really great job of building them up and, and, you know, they have a real strong faith as they get there. And then there's um, a lot of college students that don't have that, uh, really haven't grabbed a hold of their faith themselves. They're just kind of, kind of there. And, and so it can, it can be difficult to try to get somebody that will, is really ready to go on missions and stuff. So we need prayer on that, but we really hope that to see that happen. So look for announcements uh, next year that we're sending to college students overseas this coming summer. Okay. Now, speaking of diving boards, yeah, you have kind of jumped off the diving board uh, (laughs) over the last several months into farming. Yeah. And I didn't want to let you off of the, (laughs) off of the, out of the pod without telling us a little bit about what, what you're doing out there at the Doral Homestead. Right. Uh, you sold your house. You bought a, a house out outside of town yep. uh, with a little bit of land. Tell us a little bit about the farm and the vision you have for it. Yeah. So um, as Kathy and I have been praying, and God has been doing uh, a mighty work in our family over the past year and, and really trying to show us new things and stuff like that. And our goal was not to farm, but uh, to follow Jesus but we really felt led to this farming uh, aspect of ministry and stuff. And so our, our ultimate goal is to be able to engage in our churches, our home churches vision of reaching an unreached, unengaged people group. And so, and it's not to say that we would be the family that goes and stays over there full time or part time. I believe our church will see that one day that somebody is raised up from our church to go to this people group that we'll adopt. We don't even know who it is yet, but um, that we could take an aspect of this farming, which we're we're working still to try to get our our systems going and stuff like that. But we're going to be trying to start up an aquaponic system that we can learn from and grow from and give away and that it can be a thing that we can take the gospel to somebody's house and s- that wants to learn how to do this kind of farming. It's a, it's becoming a very popular kind of farming right now, this aquaponics. I mean, if you look it up on YouTube, you'll find tons of people that are doing it. I'm not doing it yet. We're still aiming that way because <laughs> I, I want to make sure I get the ducks in the row and the mm-hmm. fish in the row, I should say. <laughs> and so, um, but I really believe that engaging a people that's unreached and unengaged, we need to have some kind of, um, thing that, that's almost like a business that we can say, hey, we've got this. We want to teach your people how to grow these crops without much water because aquaponics uses 80% less water than regular gardening and stuff. And maybe it can be in an area where it's hard to grow crops or something like that. Or maybe it's in a place where those people really need that. And it may not even work out in the end for that to go to the place where our church adopts because we don't know where it is. But right. we felt that that was something we needed to pursue and it it really happened during covid as we were praying we're like god you've basically shut us down from going to churches and we know you haven't shut us down from you (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. we we want to follow you and we want to make sure that during this time we're doing whatever it is and and after you know all this i've gotten a lot of the pieces to start now and and even this past week god gave us uh, the glass for a greenhouse and stuff and so we've been seeing pieces pieced together and stuff like that so um, but I kind of see it as a twofold thing too, because now I've seen the other side of it too, because we have a bunch of animals now, chickens, goats mm-hmm. and everything. And, and as the, I was watching the girls milk the goat one day and stuff like that, I was thinking, you know, it, I believe that God is also preparing some of my kids. I, I'm really hoping that they will see 
God's vision for their lives as on mission and that one day they're going to be in a place where they need to learn, know how to milk a goat and they need to know how to get the eggs and <laughs> take care of the chickens and stuff like that. Because I think that will be a, a good skill for them to have to, to not feel like, oh, I can't go live there and tell people about Jesus. I, they, they'll say, oh, I know how to take care of myself. <laughs> right. I, I can go there. I can share Jesus in that place. And so mm-hmm. I kind of see it as getting us ready for helping a team wherever that person is or wherever that team is and uh, also just preparing our family for whatever he has ahead for our kids and stuff like that. And he's always surprising. So yeah, that's you right. never know. That's right. Is there anything specifically we can pray for you about as we wrap up our time together today? I know you mentioned the mission opportunities for the college students. Yep. Those two positions in Europe. Just continue to pray that God would continue to work in our family and uh, teach us what he has for us. We're, we want to be that blank check and that open heart for him. And so we want to want to do that. Pray for us in that. Uh, um, just pray for good things to happen as we go places too. I, I just want to see God do great things in churches. And I, I see so many churches we were in, and I, I, I don't want to share this and say this was bad, but you know we were in one little bitty church uh, a couple weeks ago, and they only had six kids at their VBS. And we went and did our presentation for those six kids. And I thought, well, they only had six mm-hmm. pews in the whole church. I mean, six rows of pews, and it was very small. And then we went down to Montgomery, Alabama, and we go to this church that's a little bigger than our home church, and they only had six kids at their mm-hmm. VBS closing where we did the gospel. And I was just like, just pray for the church in America because as we go around, we see a lot of them, and, and it really can be a little discouraging. And at the same time, we'll get to churches and see great things happen too, and, and it, it's amazing to see that too. But you see both sides of it in ministry, and and uh, so just pray for the church. Mm-hmm. Pray for the okay. church. Well, let's pray. Yep. God, thank you for Nathan, Kathy, and all the kids and just their uh, ministry. God, we thank you for the work that you've done in them and through them and continue to do. We, we pray for the Motlow BCM and the work that's going on there, that you would continue to open doors and that you would continue to open hearts and that you would gather the right kids together um, to be discipled and to be pointed to you. And God, that you would raise up from among them those two missionaries, those two student missionaries that uh, can be sent to Europe. God, we pray that you would lead lead Nathan to the right students, the right students to him, and that they would be prepared, they would be willing, and that those two positions would be filled with Motlow kids. God, we pray for uh, you to continue to work in their family. Um, God, that you would help them to be willing to write a blank check and to lay it on the table for you. God, that you would work in them and through them and do great and mighty things through their ministry. God, we pray specifically for the church in this country. We need a revival, God. We need a stirring, and we pray that you would do that. And again, we thank you for their work. We thank you for this family. We thank you for what you're going to do, and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Nathan, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us today for the FBC Missions Telehoma podcast. Listen, Sunday, I know I've mentioned this every week, Sunday, go by that missions hallway, play around on those kiosks, check out our five tiers of missions, how you can be involved. Download that Unreached People Group app on your phone, Unreached of the Day. Pray for our Unreached People Groups. Pray for that plus one prayer guide. Thank you for joining us. Hope to see you next time. God bless.